It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Chapter Twenty Eight of the Mystery of the Ravenspurs by Fred M. White. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twenty Eight, More of the Bees. Of the real palpitating horror of the situation, only three people around the table knew the true inwardness. They were Tchigorsky and Ralph and Mrs. May. Geoffrey guessed much, and probably Marion could have said a deal, had she cared to. Her face was smiling again, but the uneasy, haunted look never left her eyes. And all through the elaborate, daintily served meal, Mrs. May never glanced at the girl once. And yet, here under the Ravenspur roof, partaking of the family hospitality, was the evil itself. Ralph smiled to himself grimly as he wondered what his father would say if he knew the truth. Once or twice as he spoke, Mrs. May glanced at him curiously. She was herself now. She might have been an honored guest at that table for years. "'Your face is oddly familiar to me,' she said. "'I regret I cannot say the same,' Ralph replied. I am blind. But you have not always been blind. No, but my misfortune dates back for a number of years. It is a matter that I do not care to discuss with anybody. But Mrs. May was not to be baffled. She had an odd feeling that this man and herself had met before. The face was the same and yet not the same. "'Were you ever in Tibet?' she asked. "'I had a brother who once went there,' Ralph replied. "'I am accounted like him. "'It is possible you may have met my brother, madam.' The speech was sullen, delivered with a stupid air that impressed Mrs. May that she had nothing to fear from him. And yet the words had a curious effect on her. Her face changed color, and for the first time she glanced at Marion. The girl was trembling. She was ashy gray to her lips. Tchigorsky, observing, smiled. "'Tibet is a wonderful country,' he said, "'and Lhasa a marvelous city. I had some of my strangest experiences there. 
I and another man, since dead, penetrated all the secrets of the holy city. It was only by a miracle that I escaped with my life. But these I will carry to my grave. He indicated the scars on his face. Vera was profoundly interested. "'Tell me something of your adventures there,' she said. "'Some day, perhaps,' Tchigorsky replied. "'For the most part they were too horrible. "'I could tell you all about the beasts and birds and insects. "'I see you have some bees outside, Miss Vera. "'Did you ever see Tibet bees?' "'Are they different to ours?' Vera asked. Tchigorsky glanced up. Mrs. May was regarding him with more than a flattering interest. A slight smile, almost a defiance, parted her lips. Marion was looking down at her plate, crumbling a piece of bread absently. "'Some of them,' said Tchigorsky. "'Some are black, for instance. I have a place in Kent where I dabble in that kind of thing. I have a few of the bees with me.' Tchigorsky took a small box from his pocket and laid it on the table. Vera inspected the black bees for a moment and then handed them back to Tchigorsky. By accident or design he let the box fall, the lid flew open, and immediately half a dozen sable objects were buzzing in the air. A yell of terror broke from Mrs. May a yell that rang to the roof. She jumped to her feet only to sink again with the pain of the injured limb. She seemed to have lost all control of herself. She turned and addressed Tchigorsky in some liquid tongue that conveyed nothing to anyone except that she was denouncing the Russian in a fury of passionate anger. Geoffrey had risen, too, greatly alarmed. From the head of the table, Ralph Ravenspur coolly demanded to know what it was all about. "'The man is mad!' Mrs. May screamed. "'He is a dangerous lunatic. Those are the black bees of Tibet. They are the most fearsome of insects. Ah!' One of the droning objects dropped on her hand, and she yelled again. She was a picture of abject and pitiable terror. "'I am doomed, doomed,' she moaned, "'killed by a careless madman.' "'Is there any danger?' Geoffrey demanded. Only the life led among so many perils caused the family to wait calmly for the next and most dramatic development. Perhaps the way in which Tchigorsky was behaving gave them confidence. If he was a madman, as Mrs. May asserted, then the madman was wonderfully calm and placid. "'You are alarming yourself unnecessarily,' he said. "'See here.' He reached over and took the bee from Mrs. May's arm. The insect had become entangled in her sleeve and was buzzing angrily. "'The little creature is furious,' he said. "'As a matter of fact, they are always more or less furious. "'If there is any danger, there is danger now.' 
he held the bee lightly in his hand. Then he released it. "'The stings have been removed,' he said. "'I bred these myself, and I know how to treat them. I am sorry to have caused a disturbance.' He spoke with serious, earnest politeness, but there was a mocking light in his eyes as he turned upon Mrs. May. Nobody had a thought or a glance for anybody else, and the spectacle of Marion lying back, half fainting in her chair, passed unnoticed. "'Then they are usually dangerous?' Vera asked. "'My dear young lady, they are dreadful,' Chigorsky explained. "'They invade other nests and eat the honey as they might have invaded your hives.' By way of experiment, I tried one of these on your hives tonight, and your bees seemed to recognize an enemy at once. They all deserted their hives, and not one of them has returned. As some amends for what I have done, I am going to send you two of the finest swarms in England. Vera shuddered. I shall never want to see a bee again, she said. Once more the eyes of Tchigorsky and Mrs. May met. She knew well that Tchigorsky was talking at her through the rest, and that in his own characteristic way he was informing her that the last plot had failed. With a queer smile on her face she proceeded to peel a peach. "'You are so horribly clever,' she said, "'that I feel half afraid of you.' but I don't suppose we shall meet again. "'Not unless you come to Russia,' said Tchigorsky, "'whither I start to-morrow. But I am leaving my affairs in competent hands.' Again was the suggestion of a threat. Again Mrs. May smiled. The smile was on her face long after the three most interested in the tragedy had left the dining hall and gone to the billiard room for a smoke. "'Are you really leaving us?' Geoffrey asked. "'I want Mrs. May to imagine so,' said Tchigorsky. "'In a day or two her spies will bring her information that I have left England. As a matter of fact, I have succeeded in tapping a vein of information that has baffled me for a long time. Still, I am not going away, and my disguise will be the one you saw me in. If luck goes well, I shall be attached to Mrs. May in the character of a native servant before long. So, if you see any suspicious-looking Asiatic prowling about, don't put a bullet into him, for you may kill me by mistake." Geoffrey smiled and promised. "'That was a rare fright you gave Mrs. May over the bees,' he said. "'How did you manage it?' Chigorsky smiled as he lighted a cigarette. "'I stole them from the woman's spare supply,' he said. "'I have been all over her possessions today. I almost suffocated the horrible little things and removed their stings.' Of course, they won't live many hours. I did it in a spirit of mischief, intending to release them in my lady's own sitting-room. 
I couldn't resist the temptation to try her nerves tonight. "'You are getting near the truth?' Geoffrey asked. "'Very near it. We want certain evidence to bring the whole gang into the net, and then we shall strike, if they don't murder us first. But—' The speaker paused as Vera entered the room. "'Where is Mrs. May?' Geoffrey asked. She has gone to her room, Vera explained. Her foot is so painful that she has decided to accept an invitation to spend the night here. Good, Chigorsky muttered. It could not have been better. End of chapter 28